0: What's up, friends? How are you? Oh, welcome back to the Fresh Fruit Project. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, man, we have such a powerful episode today. I really hope that you will absorb this conversation. Uh, This show is all about celebrating and spotlighting people who are using their gifts and their talents and their experiences to make an impact in the world. And today's guest is most definitely doing that. But, real quick, First, before we jump in, I want to just remind you, if you haven't already, jump over, subscribe, rate, and review this show. Because when you do that, it helps other humans who may find value in these stories actually find the show. And that's what we want, right? Like, everybody, bring one in. Um, Also, I want to know what you think so that we can continue bringing you messages that you, like, actually care about, right? So uh, you're welcome to drop any show guest ideas, recommendations, or just say hi if you want to drew at thefreshfruitproject.com or you can track me down on all the socials at the Fresh Fruit Project. Okay, here we go, on with the show. Today we're talking about the importance of embracing our stories and our challenges. And it's, today is all about opening our arms up to where we've been and how that can actually propel us forward And how we can use these stories and these challenges for the good of others because many of us believe myself included i've been in this camp that if we've ever struggled with something tough whether it's addiction of some kind whether it's a health challenge bad financial decisions whatever we think that our potential has passed and that our ability to make an impact on the world is over but guess what that's actually the opposite our challenges are what make us fully human and when we start to embrace them they're going to make us more compassionate they're going to make us better parents they're going to make us better friends more effective leaders because we are able to relate to other humans and we're able to live in freedom from that weight that we've been carrying around and the distraction of that weight that we've been carrying around from any shame or fear or doubt Um, So that is why today's episode is so special. I'm talking with Alyssa Adkins. Alyssa is a writer. She's a speaker. She is a wife, a mom of three teenagers, and she's a community builder. And she's using her story of sobriety to encourage women and help them embrace their stories as well. So I am so pumped. Alyssa, welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're here.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. Okay. So real quick, first things first, you're raising three teenagers, which means uh, you're capable of doing absolutely anything. You're like superwoman, right? Um, and I have four kids under five right now. So I feel like I'm looking into my future and you are giving sure. me so much hope. <laughs> so tell me which, which is more interesting to navigate toddler drama or teen drama?
1: Teen drama. Teen drama. <laughs> <More interesting>. Yeah. <laughs> Much more interesting, and they're back to
0: back. So I have a freshman, a sophomore, and a junior. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's that's going to be us. So, um, so let's just go ahead and just dive on in this morning. We got a lot, to, a lot of good stuff to talk about. Like I, I mentioned in the beginning, every one of us is going to struggle with something at some point. If you haven't already, you will because we're human. So, take us back to 2015. When you had your last drink and you decided, all right, something's got to change here. And you were ready to confront this thing head on.
1: You know, um, the best way I can describe it in a sentence is I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm i had been trying for a few years to control my drinking Mm -hmm. because I was in such denial that I was an alcoholic, right? Society tells us that an alcoholic has certain qualities. Right. Um, we, we're, we hear that, you know, and we see examples portrayed in the media that they look a certain way, act a certain way, live a certain way. And I, I didn't meet any of those preconceived stereotypes. Yet the harder I tried to control my drinking, the more I failed. And yeah. the more I failed, the more feelings of insecurity and self-doubt I experienced, which were actually feeding my alcoholism in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So it was a vicious cycle that was just wearing me down. You know, here I was an educated woman. Um, I had a college degree. I had a high profile job. I had a wonderful husband, still do by the way, Mm -hmm. um, and three healthy children. Yet I was behaving in a way that I never thought that I would. And I just remember thinking, you clearly can't get this under control yourself. Why are you so stubborn? in refusing to ask for help Mm -hmm. and that's when it kind of came over me that you know you continue to do the same thing over and over and over and expect a different result Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: it was kind of like wow you're smarter than that yeah right the only difference would be to ask for help
0: exactly you know breaking down these perceptions barrier the perception is the barrier Oftentimes, mm-hmm. um, so again, that that's part of why your work is is so important. So the day after you made this decision, how did that feel?
1: Yeah, it was overwhelming fear, and mm-hmm. uh, th- there were a lot of fear, a lot of reasons I was so afraid. One was the fear of the future. Right? Mm-hmm. How will I ever go on vacation again without drinking? How will mm-hmm. I ever celebrate a holiday without drinking? So it's in my mind, it was fear of failure. Fear of the future, Mm -hmm. and also most importantly, fear of feeling feelings that I had numbed for so long. You know, anxiety about not being a good enough mom, struggling with being a working mom, um, feeling like a failure, feeling insecure as I compared myself to all the women around me. You know, um, feeling social anxiety. You know, at the time I was coping with this, I didn't realize, or rather I hadn't accepted yet that I was an introvert. And that I need alone
0: time uh-huh. to kind of,
1: you know, recharge and reset. So anytime I was needed in the large group, whether it was a black tie event for my husband's job or going to the kids' soccer games on the sidelines for hours, you know, those kinds of things were very exhausting to me, and yes. I needed alcohol to endure. You know, there's the wow. joke in bars that we drink for liquid courage. Yep, I drink for liquid tolerance. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed, I needed it to tolerate having to exist. So my fear of failure at drinking again, my fear of the future without alcohol, and fear of feeling feelings I was numbing were what overwhelmed me in those early days.
0: Oh my gosh. Wow. That is just like a huge light bulb moment. Um, Part of what you're talking about right there is self-awareness, right? Mm -hmm you had to get to the bottom of who you are your makeup your personality because i do think society celebrates extroverts and we think i am i'm exactly where you are i always thought that i was an extrovert through and through and i had to be and that was good Woo! and it turns out i'm a little bit of both i like to be out with the people but i i can do that for a, a period of time and then i have to come home and just be alone and quiet and recharge i have to um, right. and i think that is an incredibly important thing to know about yourself i think self awareness is wildly underrated undertaught and i'm so grateful for tools like you know enneagrams and um, other assessments like that myers briggs and things that help us understand but you know i think that that's just kind of that's one piece of it but spending time with yourself uh, a lot of us are afraid to do that. And you know, And
1: I think too, that there's this pressure as moms, you know, call it written or un- unwritten on mm-hmm. social media and just in social circles that, mm-hmm. you know, when you're, when your kids are out playing soccer, you need to be in the bleachers talking to all the moms. I yeah. couldn't understand why I didn't enjoy that. Yeah. If yeah. You said, you nailed it on the head. For years and years, I thought there was something wrong with me. Yeah. I really believed that I must be snobby. Oh. (laughs) I must have problems of superiority. Yeah. I must not, people must not like me. I must not fit in. You know, I, all these lies the enemy tells us to to really compromise who God created us to be. Yep. And I believed those.
0: Oh my gosh. That is so, so good. There's a book uh, by Jenny Allen called Get Out of Your Head. Mm -hmm. You read it? Great that's uh, it's, oh, it's so good. It's exactly about that. You know, there's nothing wrong with you. Uh, you're beautiful and wonderful the way God made you. And a lot of this stuff is this, you know, if you believe in that kind of thing, this spiritual world out there that we can't necessarily see, it's kind of like the wind, it exists, it's there. And uh, yeah, it can most certainly get in your head. And uh, so anyway, that's that's a fantastic resource if that's something that you're kind of struggling with. Uh, which, again, I think a lot of us, uh, more of us have than not. And, and, again, that's part of why your work is so important. One of the most important things we need to know as humans, as people, is that we're not alone. You know, mm. we're wired for connectivity and to be understood and to be seen. Whether you're an ext- extrovert, introvert, that has nothing to do with it. You're still a human. You're a person. And knowing that someone else out there is walking through what you're walking through is just it's necessary. Where did you find the courage? And when did you find the courage? Do you feel like you had the courage that day, that summer in 2015? Or do you think the courage kind of came later?
1: Came later. I really believe strongly um, in in now having almost seven years in recovery that God reveals to us a little at a time because we can't handle it all at once. Nope. And so it's (laughs) one of the the incredible ways he shows us grace and protects us, in that he only reveals a little bit as a to- at a time to build our strength and stamina, right? Yep. So, in the beginning, there was absolutely no way I was going to talk to anybody about it because, to be honest, it, it took many months for me to still believe that I was done drinking. Yeah. You know, there was always that little voice in my head, is this really it? But then there was also this fear of what will others think? You know, well, well, I no longer be invited places. Right. You know, right. there was also this fear that isn't talked about enough. In that, is she overreacting? Because mm. I believe alcoholics are just truck drivers that drink out of paper bags and live under bridges. <laughs> and she doesn't look like that. So she, maybe she's just sharing this for attention. Yeah. And right. So right. All those lies that you hear yep. and you start to believe. I had those in my head. Mm -hmm. But what happened was in the fall of that year, I started writing and it was a, it was, it was started out to be very individual, private writing. And what's interesting, Mm -hmm. Drew, is that I had never been a journal writer. And that, that very thing is what told, what kept me believing for years that I wasn't a good enough Christian. Because online, strong Christian women and women's when ministry are always talking about how they journal and these beautiful writings they do mm-hmm. every morning in their quiet time and the devotions they read and the scriptures they memorize. And so I thought that that was the criteria for a Christian woman. And I, I hadn't done that. Mm-hmm. So the enemy had me convinced because you don't do A, B, and C, mm-hmm. you aren't, you know, a follower. You're not believer.
0: worthy. Yeah.
1: Right. And so what was interesting in the fall of that year, I'd learned in rehab that I, it was important to kind of write down your feelings to kind of journal that experience. And um, I started writing for myself and then I started posting them on a blog and that blog, this thorn, I only shared with other women in recovery. You Mm -hmm. know, it's like, well, they won't judge me because they're Mm -hmm. like me. And -hmm. it was slowly through that process. It was a very cathartic that I started sharing with a few close friends and then family. And then it was like the collective network gave me the confidence to kind of open Mm -hmm. myself up. Mm -hmm. And then it was the people that said, I've been there. I know what you feel like, or I'm doing this right now.
0: They were willing to raise their hand too. Yeah.
1: That gave me the courage to like, you know what? The least I can do for God, for protecting me and saving me from myself. Because when I look back on my story and all the years I was drinking, I'm lucky to be alive. And so the fact that he kept me safe all those years and I didn't lose my family or my children or any of the yets, yep. the least I can do is give him the glory by sharing mm-hmm. my story. Mm. So it's more like a, I don't want to call it my way of paying back, but it's my way of showing my gratitude for yeah. what he has done for me.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And I fully believe that nothing is wasted. Anywhere we've been is for a purpose, and it's God can use it, and he will use it. Moses had a checkered background. you know, he killed a dude. He had a speech impediment. I mean, you know, you go through the list of stories um throughout scripture, and everyone, that God uses had something that had happened that was considered by, like you said, society to be uh, a reason to not be used. And I'm so I'm so glad for others. I I needed to hear that. You know, the confidence it didn't show up that summer day on in 2015. It wasn't there right then. But you just started taking these little steps, these little steps, and eventually. You know you you found yourself standing but um, maybe you didn't I don't know maybe you didn't feel the courage but there is there was something there God, to get yeah. you to absolutely. absolutely yeah yeah again bigger than you so um, you recently shared in an article of yours that I was reading about how these things are not shared openly mm-hmm. um, you've already kind of touched on that particularly in the faith community but I think those of us you know, that, that have walked through something and we're just working so hard to conceal it, because again, I've been there. Um, I know what that feels like. We're doing ourselves a disservice, but also we're doing our, our faith community a disservice. Um, and it is hard to put yourself out there and to be honest and, and to share, but that's what we are called to do. I think that's what we're called to do as humans. I think that's what we're called to do. You know, if you're a follower of Jesus, that's absolutely what it's all about. And so, you know, having this kind of institutional feeling that we have to sweep it under the rug is doing no one any favors. And I tell you one thing: it's certainly not <laughs> bringing anyone in to the family, right? Yeah. <laughs> so like we've talked about, struggle is what makes us more compassionate people. It's what makes us relatable. It's, it's what allows us to have this like real wholehearted human experience. Cause I think you probably agree with me. Like, I don't think we're here to just be like card carrying members of life, right? Yeah. Like we're here to to feel and to, and I'm like you, it took me a while to get to that place too what's one thing you think we can continue to do to keep normalizing this idea that sharing our challenges and our struggles our failures is so valuable When my kids come home from school you know they're still pretty young so we we definitely do this with the older two the bottom two can't talk yet Um, but getting in the habit of asking them, what'd you fail at today what was something that didn't go well um, and we will share that with them. And the four year old, uh, Lilibet, has started, she has started uh, asking us that unprovoked, her dad and me. So, Daddy. I
1: <laughs> I'm like, yes, there you go. It's important to remember um, why. In the beginning, I thought my story was just to help other women. But he yeah. has revealed so much more to me in this. And this is by far the most powerful part of my story. And that is that. We know today, especially in the last two years, that the suicide rate among children has skyrocketed. Mm. These kids are getting a continual reminder of what they are not yeah. right, on social media. And I'm not here to say we need to get our kids off social media. We need to meet them where they are. But that's a separate yeah, conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but our children are, are watching this highlight reel all mm-hmm. day long.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We need to show in our own homes. No, no we're not perfect. And guess what? It is absolutely 100% okay to not be perfect. Mm-hmm. But let mm-hmm. me, what, what do we know about kids? We can't just tell them. We have right. to show them. Right. And when I left for rehab, we told my kids, they were eight, nine, and 10 at the time, that mommy was going on a women's retreat. My mm-hmm. youngest, who was eight, told all of her friends mommy was on a mission trip, which I'll tell you, it was a mission at the yes. time. Right. Um, absolutely. But, um, The the night that I came back, we actually changed the story and we told them the truth. Why is that so important to me? Because now I have a 15, 16, 17 year old Mm -hmm. who come home and talk about the fears that they have, the insecurities they're feeling, the thing that they see at school that they wish they were, Mm -hmm. you know, we're very transparent in our house. My husband says it best when people ask us what we're, how we parent, he says, we live our life out loud
0: Yeah, when we make
1: mistakes. We, we talk about yeah. them. When we snap yeah. at our kids, we're irritable. We apologize. Mm-hmm. I attend 12-step meetings all the time. Mm-hmm. And the number one thing that we have in common that people in these rooms say, and I'm talking from 20 years old to 70 years old, they talk about that growing up, anytime there was a problem in the home, the number one thing all those people have in common in those families is that they were told, we do not talk about this outside I'm our house. It. Yep. We have to be transparent with our imperfections and our problems to save our children.
0: Mm. Again, freeing, I feel like I keep using that word, but there's so much freedom in acknowledging it and and recognizing that it exists versus, you know, putting it in a little, you know, tucking it in a little pocket in your heart and toting it around for the next three decades. Like you said earlier, it can be anything. I have struggled with, you know, a, a shopping addiction for years. It was kind of a a slow, small burn that just kind of went on for years. I created some really bad habits, you know, kind of in grad school, you know, living on, like, student loans and that kind of thing. And then just kind of got in that habit. And now, you know, I know, like, that was compensating for insecurity and, you know, shame that I had. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Stuff that, you know, you know, we struggled financially when i was a kid and and it you know there there are a lot of roots there from things that i never dealt with um, it went beyond kind of surface level it was you know social insecurity i think trying to keep up with everybody around me and then realizing that oh you know it actually goes it goes deeper than that and that's okay i've you know done the work to identify it and it's an ongoing process um, and so for somebody who's sitting here and nodding and saying, yeah, I think that's me. What's, you know, one like little piece of advice you would give them for taking that next step?
1: I'd say, and this is the thing we, we talk to our kids about all the time is say it out loud. Yeah. So
0: Mm -hmm.
1: God will reward that and put Mm -hmm. someone in your life that can relate.
0: That's so, uh, yes, absolutely. That's key. Put somebody in your life that can relate. I think a lot of us feel like, you know, we need to hide from, because society makes you feel like you need to hide. And so we think we need to hide from God too. And it's like, babe, he already sees you. Like he knows, he sees everything. And you know what? He understands that we are human. He does not need Our perfection. He does not need us to pretend to be something that we're not. Um, And I know I went through that for years and just, you know, I didn't come to God for anything because I didn't feel like I could. I didn't feel like he wanted to hear from me. Yes, he does. That's what he's here for. He knows we're going to mess up. It's not if it's when. (laughs) Right. And he's here for us. He's here for us. So you kind of already touched on this, but let's let's talk about this. So you walked through this journey of creating what could have become a generational cycle. You stopped it with yourself. And that is so incredibly powerful. Um, and now, not only did you do that, you are now using it to serve and encourage other women. So let's talk about... The community that you're building,
1: so it's funny. Um, you know, I it, it, we learn in, in recovery in the 12 steps, which are um spiritually based, is the mm-hmm. importance of humility, right? Mm-hmm. Um, humi- it, it, it's only through humility that we can continue to stay sober. Um, because mm-hmm. as soon as we think that this is all us, yeah, in my doing, yeah, the sooner I'll go back to drinking, right? Yep. Um, so I still am 100% dependent on God. So my blog this thorn is based on the scripture of Paul and i love this story because it gives us all permission to explore imperfections but also embrace them mm-hmm. and you know he talks about he realizes he has this thorn in his side and there's been speculation for years on what it what it, actually what it, it was. was yeah yeah um which we think a, of a
0: literal thorn but it was yeah. right yeah
1: but he talks about how continuing to have that forever requires him to be dependent on God for relief. Yep. And it's never removed and he recognizes that not as I'm a victim, oh poor pitiful me, mm-hmm. but rather I have this thing that continually reminds it's me a reminder. Every yeah. time it pokes and pricks and stings mm-hmm. that God can relieve me of that pain. He's there.
0: Yeah. It's like, and yeah.
1: so I write a lot about that. And it's important that um, I stay grounded and, and humble and remember that this community is all God building it for me. I'm just sharing what he calls me to do.
0: Yeah. Right? Like the vehicle. So, yeah.
1: Yes. And so the community that's building is all him pulling the people together. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to, and you know what? That makes it so much easier easier because the pressure's off me. Yes. As long as yeah. I keep remembering that this is God's story yep. and that he will put all the pieces into place. Like I told you, I've worked really hard to write this book, but not once do I lose sleep every night on, will it ever get published? Yeah. How am I going to get it published? Like yeah. I'm, I'm doing the work. If, if it's yeah. meant to be, it, it will be. Now, I have to give my best work. Right. Absolutely. I can't just sit around wait for it to happen. Right. But at the same right. time, I just have to make sure I'm being the best version of myself. <laughs> Healthiest in, version. In. Yeah. 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 And, and, and be the best model of that story. Right. So, um, I write for this thorn and I haven't posted any new content there in a while because, in the process of trying to write my book, I developed relationships with four other female Christian writers Mm -hmm. and we started our own website called free to flourish. Mm -hmm. And that is where we are five women, five different life experiences, five different faith journeys from all over the country Mm -hmm. who are sharing our own, um, stories of what we're dealing with and Mm -hmm. reminding women everywhere that, um, this isn't a one and done, you know, it's not like yes. one day we, we know we meet God, we get saved or whatever it is that your faith calls it. And it's over. Like it's an ongoing thing. It's yeah. a relationship. Yes. And, um, we're, we're writing about knowing God in real time, like mm-hmm. how this applies to me right now as a parent, how yeah. this applies to me as a wife as a ministry leader, you know? Right. And so we're writing there and it was just through those, those writings that Proverbs asked me, um, I submitted a piece along yeah. with hundreds of women. Right. Um, right. I got, it got selected. So, um, wow. again, I submitted it, I clicked submit and I didn't give it another thought just because mm-hmm. I felt like God asked me to follow through. I followed through, but mm-hmm. what he'll do with it, he'll do with it. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That is so fantastic. Um, you mentioned that you'd submitted a writing to Proverbs. I, um, did that a couple years ago um, when I was kind of starting on this little writing journey that I've been on as well. And it's, it's really just, I, I call it my open journal. You know, I share it on Instagram you know, finding other places for it, Uh, the podcast sometimes, you know, will be a place for it. Um, But yeah, just again, sharing the journey uh, where you are, you know, to encourage and lift up others. And so anyway, it was one of the first things I'd ever like really written. And I submitted it during one of their contests. And it, I worked on it. Yes. Oh, I just, just toiled over it. And which was so me at the time, you know, hashtag recovering perfectionist. And, um, And I submitted it and it didn't get chosen. And I'm glad now that it didn't. First of all, I mean, I look back on it and I read it now and I'm like, it shouldn't have been chosen. (laughs) That was not my best work. I felt like I should have submitted it. I felt like God was telling me that's what I was supposed to do. And I still think it was because when it didn't get chosen, I had the choice to either quit or to keep going. And I chose to keep going. And so I'm glad we have kind of had opposite experiences, you know, in, in you know putting ourselves out there like that. And um, I love, obviously, you know, yours was chosen, and you know that's kind of how you and I initially connected. It just, like I told you, it just jumped off the page at me. Your words and what you had to say in your message, and um, the fact that you had already, you know been doing a lot of work leading up to that it was your time you know it was your time for that to happen and you know that'll lead to other things you know I feel so strongly I think we every one of us have been given gifts and talents put into us for a purpose and again like we talked about earlier we all have this you know journey this like huge collection of experiences as well to form to come together For the purpose that we are all put here for. Because we all have one. If you're walking this earth, if you're living, breathing, you're listening to this right now, you have a purpose. Right. It's there. And I think it evolves with time. You know, I don't think you just hit this crescendo and, oh, I found it. That's it. I'm done. You know.
1: Well, sometimes the path we take isn't the path we thought we'd take, right? Oh, absolutely. I went went to college to be a teacher. I was an elementary school principal for eight years. I I didn't think... 15 years ago, I'd be sitting here talking about this, doing no. it this way. I mean, this wasn't on my radar. I love it. But it's exciting.
0: Yes, it is so exciting. That's where the fun is, right? You know, I always, like you, you said this earlier, we don't get all the pieces at once. Mm. Um, where would the fun be in that? You know, I used to want the whole puzzle. Give me all thousand pieces. God, I can handle it. I'm gonna put it together yeah. today. Right, no, I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> gonna give you one. I'm going to give you, we don't get a 10 year plan, but we do get the next right step. And I think there's a knowing in that. I think there's some sort of a piece in that, just like you said with your book. You said, I'm not losing sleep over whether it's going to get published. Uh, I feel that this assignment has been given to me. I'm showing up, I'm doing the work, and it will get to where it's supposed to go. Mm -hmm. And it's taken me a long time, you know, to kind of get to that place, but I see exactly what you're talking about. And I think that you are absolutely correct in that. And that's such a, that's such a good place to be. And I want that for every human on the planet, you know, to just to walk in freedom, to know you're loved, and to know that it's going to be okay, it is it is going to be okay. And so your message is, is no doubt you know, reflecting that very thing, those listening, how can they be encouraged that, you know, somebody saying, Oh, I, I'm still looking for my purpose. I'm trying to figure it out. And like I said, this is something we talk about a lot on this show, but your value largely lies in the journey that you've been on, um, mm-hmm. the rough spots and, and all of that. So, but somebody that's wanting to maybe kind of take the next steps, um, building a community.
1: Lisa Turkers yeah. invited people to apply for a, a book proposal boot camp where you write, You it's a 10 week course with a yeah. best-selling author. Yep. You can learn how to write a book proposal. And we were in these cohorts, yep. kind of like a writing class. And yep. uh, we all submitted our proposals and none of us were chosen, but we developed a friendship over the, wow. <clears throat> that three months. Cool. And so we kept writing. But to answer your question, um, I think I really dislike the term, the phrase older and wiser. Um, I feel like it's kind of uh, uh, feels very superior. I, I tell my kids, I'm not necessarily wiser. I'm just more practiced, right? Like yeah. I've just had more chances to fail. I've had more experiences where I did it multiple times. I learned what worked yeah. and learned what and, Yeah. not You know, I'm just more practiced. So um, having said that, now looking back over um, the journey to my purpose, so to speak, I think that our purpose can change in life depending yep. on the phase that we're in. Yeah. I don't totally think agree. necessarily we just have one ultimate purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that God uses us in different ways at different times. You know, there's those funny stories you see online um, for women about you have a girlfriend that you like to shop with and you have a girlfriend that you like to confide in. And you have a, like, mm-hmm. we have all these girlfriends for different things. Mm-hmm. I think that in different periods of our life, God uses that period. Um, a different purpose in the moment and i can tell you while the community of women i'm writing with and speaking to and sharing my story of sobriety with is very much um, a passion of mine i still believe strongly and again this is after years of practice um, that my number one purpose in ministry is the three kids in my home and mm. I want to I want to really, really add a disclaimer to that, that I'm not saying by any way, shape or form that every woman's purpose is to be a mom and a stay at home. Right. That's not at all what I'm saying. Right. Um, yeah. I was a full time working mom and now I'm a, I'm a, I'm a homework. Yeah. mom. So yeah, I can indeed. talk about it all. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have a strong opinion on one way or the other because Mm -hmm. I've done them all and they all Mm -hmm. have pros and cons. And I feel like it's whatever's right for your family. Yeah, because it's what it's been for me. When my three kids leave for college, I need to be able to look myself in the mirror and ask myself, did I give it Mm a 100%? Do I have any regrets? Is there anything I would have done differently? And so this years of experience being older and more practiced, that I now know and accept and actually embrace that all women, um, humans, but I'm, I'm talking to the women, we have a finite amount of energy. And God created us that way. We can't do all the things for all the people all the time. We're not supposed to. And as soon mm-hmm. as we start, that's when the enemy is going to get in here and start telling us about you're not enough. You need to do more, be more, have more. Mm-hmm. You know, where am I going to use that now? And I love what you used about where your feet are right in front of you, you know, you, you, you shared that, you know, you're doing what's, what's right in front of you right now. That is where our purpose is. Mm -hmm. Now we might not know what it is in that phase of our life. And he can Mm -hmm. reveal that to us through prayer Mm -hmm. and and, and conscious contact with him and it changes. So whether it's wanting to be a writer or a speaker or an influencer or whatever it is, that that doesn't necessarily happen overnight and it might not even be supposed to happen for the next five years right um in this stage of my life as i get three kids ready to go out in the world Mm. my finite amount of energy if i start divvying that up so i've got to make sure i give them everything they need first and then all this other stuff comes second that's my purpose today four years from now, when they're all gone, my purpose is going to look a little bit different. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's so, so good. It's so easy to look, to overlook the community that you have right in front of you, right around you. Um, And your, your children, like you said, if if you have kids or nieces, nephews, you know, family, friends, neighbors, whatever, you know, that's the next generation. And we all have the ability to pour into them you know wonderful things and and again you're so right it's it's about you know it's like they say you know what who can be trusted with little can be trusted with much. don't fast forward through where you are right now where you are no matter how hard, no matter how uncomfortable it is, there is growth that's happening, there is beauty that's happening, there's joy that's happening.
1: And each one of us are influencers already in the yeah. people in our immediate home. Yep. You know, I, I it was really eye-opening to me and kind of an aha moment. And I forget how or where I heard it, but some version of... Why are, why are so many of us of the world putting pressure on ourselves to influence all these strangers mm-hmm. when we For have little, body, like, little bodies and spouses yeah. and siblings yeah. and parents in our immediate network yeah. that need what we have to offer. That is very um, empowering, but it also is very freeing because mm-hmm. it means that I don't have to go out and do anything extra mm-hmm. to be used to Mm -hmm. be meaningful, Mm -hmm. to have purpose.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, I could seriously sit and talk to you all day. You are just such a beautiful human inside and out. And your journey's fantastic, like just beautifully shared. And I just thank you so much for your time. Like, so last question, what does true joy mean to you?
1: Um, Acceptance. Mm. Accepting where I am, what he's given me, um, you know, the 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 cliche in recovery is one day at a time. But gosh, you can apply that to every part Everything. of your life. Everything, yes. And accepting yes. where I am, my circumstances, and really what's what's in my control. You know, yeah. there are so many things we lose sleep over and we get anxious about, and we develop fears over and we try to control that are way outside of what we call our hula hoop Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. outside of our um, (laughs) ability to control. And it's like borrowing trouble. Why? So true joy is when I'm in that in those moments where I'm accepting where I am and I'm content there um, and just enjoying enjoying where it is.
0: I just I just love you. Thank you so much. Tell us, Alyssa, where can we find you?
1: Yes. So, um, you can follow me on Instagram at this underscore thorn. And then I have two websites. I write for this com is all my sobriety story. If there are any women out there really struggling, you can find my early writings. Like when I had 30 days, 60 days, um, those are all there. And then, um, writing about life in general as a Christian woman, a mom, a wife, um, is at freed to com. Cool.
0: Thank you so much again for your time. Thank you for all the work that you have done, all the work that you're doing and will continue to do and wishing you so much love and luck as you get ready to, and blessings, not just luck, blessings, as you get ready to launch these humans of yours out into the world. Thank
1: you. And thank you for inviting me. I'm so excited for what you're doing. I think you have an incredible mission and your purpose is very evident and I feel Honored to have been included in the early days. I think oh that my gosh. it's going to take off and, and be huge. And I can say, hey, I was on one of the first episodes. So, <laughs> thank um, you. Good luck to you, and thank you thank for you. following uh, what he's called you to do. It's not always easy. Thank
0: you. You're exactly right, but totally worth it, right?
1: Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank Thanks you really. again. For-
0: oh man. Okay. So, like, seriously, how inspiring is? Alyssa, and She is so smart and just insightful, right? And, and so brave. Her strength and her dedication to her mission just is so inspiring. And I know that this episode, oh gosh, it was packed with so much stuff, right? Like I told J.D. after our call ended, I said, oh, this could have been like three episodes in one. So I hope this conversation offered a light bulb moment or two for you, or maybe it's the permission slip that you've been needing about something. But above everything else, I hope that you found some freedom here. That's what this this whole thing was all about. And if not for you, probably for somebody that you know. So be sure to share the episode with anybody who might find value in it. And If you did enjoy the episode, subscribe and review the show wherever you love to listen to your podcasts and come hang out with the Fresh Fruit community on all the social channels at the Fresh Fruit Project. Thank you so much for listening. I love you friends and I can't wait to chat with you again soon.